2: Everyone is voting for Jack Cause he's got what all the rest lack Everyone wants to back Jack, Jack is on the right track
0: Cause he's got Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, once again. And today, I've got a packed episode for you. So I'm just going to go on and get started. Let's do listener questions first.
2: Therefore, in answer to your question
0: Okay, I got a question. Best piece of Kennedy merchandise you've ever bought? I'm starting to get quite the collection, but my two favorites, I'll give my two. two. (laughs) I have a painting of Jackie that is hanging in my dining room. You can see it if you go visit my Instagram at Kennedy Dynasty. And that has to be probably my favorite. But my most special is a plank from Jack and Jackie's Hyannisport home that during some form of refurbishment or something a few years ago of the home, an artist did paintings on them and like screen printed this artistic image of Jack on his sailboat and the Hyannisport Museum sold them and I bought one and it is hanging in my entry I love it so much. It's very subtle. And it's just kind of cool to know that that was a piece of Jack and Jackie's home in High End Sports. So that is the answer to that. Next question is obviously opinion-based. Do you think John Jr. would have been president one day? I know that he was considering running for the Senate in New York in 99. There were lots of confirmations of his his thought process and consideration of that. It's rumored that when he heard Hillary Clinton was, he decided to not. And maybe later on down the road, if he had lived, he would have considered running for a Senate seat in New York. And I personally believe that he was thinking about or would have been thinking about long-term politics had he decided to go into the Senate. I think that The reason for him even stepping foot in the political pool would have been to eventually run for president. So I think it probably would have been a strong possibility for him to run and possibly win. Okay, next we're getting to the In the News segment. Lots of stuff in there today.
2: Big news story of the past seven days.
0: First one I thought was kind of interesting. Oliver Stone, who was the director of JFK, I think it's 91 when it came out. Most of us have probably seen the film. He is actually coming out with a JFK documentary. It was apparently turned down by Netflix, but it is going to the Cannes Film Festival in 2021. So I thought that was interesting. Another one that probably all of us have seen, but in case you haven't, RFK Jr. has officially been banned from Instagram, which is owned by Facebook for, and I quote from Facebook repeatedly sharing debunked claims about the coronavirus or vaccines. Like I said, that is the quote from Facebook. He did just start a podcast, though, I saw before he was banned on Instagram. So if you are interested in keeping up with Robert Kennedy Jr., check out his podcast. Another one. This is a feel-good one. Kind of cool. There is a new art exhibit at the Kennedy Center that is part of their mission to make art accessible to everyone, including those with disabilities. The art that is being featured is created by their Emerging Young Artists Program for Young Artists with Disabilities. Make sure you check that out after you listen to the podcast. It's really beautiful. It's outside on their lawn and stuff. So a local artist, Yasmin, told ABC7 what it really means to be a part of the project. She said, We really think that for us as a cultural community, the memorial to John F. Kennedy, that we have to make sure the voices from people that are frequently marginalized are represented, and people with disabilities are one of those communities, for example, during the pandemic, have been disproportionately impacted. And we want to make sure that their voices and their perspectives are uplifted. Okay, it's time to get to the episode. So I know I did a Jackie-themed episode last week, and typically I like to space out episodes about certain Kennedys so it doesn't seem like I'm speaking about one certain person too much at once. But the story I'm sharing today does involve Jackie, and I decided to go on and do it now as the 50th anniversary of it happening was just a couple weeks ago. I actually posted something on my Instagram about it and how I wished I had released an episode on the exact day, and I got messages back saying to do it anyway, so I am. Because I think it's interesting and we're due for a good story on here. So with all that said, today I'm going to tell the story about when Jackie secretly returned to the White House when invited by the Nixons. She went with Caroline and John Jr. to see the completed portraits of she and Jack. So my sources for this one are Town & Country, The Washington Post, and the Nixon and JFK Presidential Libraries, just in case you want to go read about this for yourself after the episode. Without further ado, here we go. So it had been eight years since Jackie and the children had stepped foot into the White House. Although Jackie describes the White House years as some of their best times together as a family, obviously the memory was incredibly tainted after the tragic assassination and administration cut short and a quick move from the mansion in the midst of horrible grief. I'd personally imagine she had no intentions of returning. Pat Nixon had invited Jackie a couple of times to return to the White House for a visit, but Jackie would kindly decline, saying she felt it was just too hard to go back and that it could be really hard on the children, and as close as she had even gotten to the White House since the tragedy was Arlington. According to a letter that she wrote in January of 1970, it was just too painful. She wrote, I know that time will make things easier and that one day when they and I are older, I must take Caroline and John back to the places where they lived with their father, but that won't be for a while. Well, as we all know, the presidents and first ladies have portraits hung in the White House. And Jack and Jackie's happened to be completed during the Nixon administration. So a year later, after that January 1970 letter, Miss Nixon invited Jackie and the children back to see the portraits because they were going to be unveiled to the public. Jackie thought that a big ceremony and everything would just be a little too overwhelming for her and the children to have to endure that on their first visit back. So she asked Pat if instead they could kind of just like sneak in undetected to see them and tour the White House. So Pat said, of course, and handled it all. The Nixon's daughter, Julie Nixon Eisenhower, wrote in a biography of her mother, which the biography is called Pat Nixon, The Untold Story. My mother was determined that the visit be as private and as happy as possible. Only four members of the White House staff were directly involved, and they were sworn to strict secrecy, wrote Julie, who was 22 in 1971. My mother, Tricia, and I were waiting at the second floor elevator when the three visitors arrived. So that was on February 3rd, 1971, when they visited the White House. At that point, Caroline was 13 and John was 10, so obviously a lot older than their last days in the White House. First, they went to see the portraits... I want to talk to you for a second about the portraits too. I thought it was interesting when I was researching them. I've actually had the privilege of seeing them in person when I visited the White House a few years ago on a tour and they truly were beautiful. I recommend the White House tour anyway. If you have not done that, it's pretty easy. We just sent a request to our senator. I think it works that way in every state and I don't know. They approved it and we got to go. It's, it's worth it for sure. Yeah, just Google how to do it. But anyway, the artist's name who painted them is Aaron Schickler. I was interested to find out just recently that Jackie's actually changed from the original. So here's a quote from the J.F library about Jackie's. For the White House portrait, Miss Kennedy chose to have herself depicted in a long black skirt and white blouse. The First Lady is standing in front of a mantle decorated with a bouquet of white flowers and a bust. Upon completion, Schickler decided that he was not satisfied with the final version. He felt the pose was too girlish and coy, and it failed to convey Jacqueline Kennedy's reserve and strength. He obviously altered it to what it is today, and it's beautiful. For JFK's portrait, it was actually a bit controversial as his head is bowed and you can't see his eyes. Here's a quote from Town & Country about that. Painted years after Kennedy's tragic death, the aesthetic of the painting was shaped by the president's widow, Jackie. The only stipulation she made, Schickler told People in 1981, was, I don't want him to look the way everyone else makes him look, with the bags under his eyes and that penetrating gaze. I'm tired of that image. So Schickler turned to photographs of the late president to prepare the initial sketches, but he eventually chose an image of Ted Kennedy at his brother's grave to serve as a loose interpretation of the work. According to People, when Jackie saw the sketch, she chose it over several others at once. Let's do this one, she said. But the style of the painting wasn't meant to evoke Kennedy's death. I painted him with his head bowed, not because I think of him as a martyr, but because I wanted to show him as a president who was a thinker, Mr. Schickler told the Washington Post in 1971. A thinking president is a rare thing, but the portrait, much like Obama's, was not without its critics, and according to the Post, some viewers wondered why Mr. Schickler had chosen not to show the president's eyes. Well, everyone goes after the eyes, he said in response. All presidential portraits have eyes that look right at you. I wanted to do something with more meaning. I hoped to show a courage that made him humble. As I said, that was all quote out of the article from Town and Country. I just thought it was interesting to touch on the portraits and talk about the history behind them as well. After they sold portraits, the Nixons then took them on a tour of the White House so they could see the changes and reminisce on where they obviously once lived. Apparently, Nixon took them first to the Lincoln bedroom and told John Jr. that if he made a wish while sitting on the Lincoln bed, his wish would come true. That was some form of legend throughout the White House. Then Jackie and Pat toured the staterooms. Overall, they honestly had an incredibly lovely day and visit, all in part thanks to Pat Nixon and all the tedious planning to make sure that it was secret and perfect. I just think it was really respectful and kind of her to do that for them. And then the day after the visit, Caroline and John wrote thank you notes along with Jackie. And Jackie's note said, "'Never have I seen such magnanimity and such tenderness,' she wrote. "'Can you imagine the gift you gave me?' she said. "'To return to the White House privately with my little ones while they are still young enough to rediscover their childhood with you both as guides and your daughters such extraordinary young women.'" I've never seen the White House look so beautiful, she wrote. It was moving when we left to see the great house illuminated with the fountains playing. It made me happy to hear the children bursting with reminiscences all the way home, she wrote. Thank you with all of my heart. A day I always dreaded turned out to be one of the most precious ones I have spent with my children. May God bless you all most gratefully. Jackie. That's the story of Jackie's first and, from what I can find, last visit ever back to the White House. And as I said, it was the 50th anniversary just a few weeks ago. So I hope you enjoyed this story, and I encourage you to go look up the portraits after hearing the artist's remarks about them if you have not seen them already. Or if you have, just go back and look at the details of it and the reasons behind why he made the decisions he did about the portraits. They are truly, truly beautiful. I'm also going to insert a clip of Caroline talking about the visit and her memories and a couple of uh, cute little facts and things that she remembers from it at the end of the episode. So stick around and listen to that if you want to hear her perspective on it. That's all I got this week. Make sure you are following me on Instagram as usual at Kennedy Dynasty check out my spreadsheet shop I have stickers now in there which are really cool I'm actually gonna have to order some for myself because I want them <laughs> and I've got posters and sweatshirts and all the cozy things for this very very cold winter weather it is in the link in my bio if you need book film product any kind of recommendation check out the Amazon link in my bio on Instagram it is all there and I will be back next week with a cool episode on Bobby so hope you guys will tune in then if you enjoyed the podcast podcast, please rate and review it, five stars, (laughs) and uh, write a written review. It helps me out a lot. Make sure you're subscribed, and I will talk to you guys next week.
1: Well, my mother had never been back to the White House since she left, and I think the only time she went was in 1971 when um, President and Mrs. Nixon invited us to go and see the official portraits. Uh, My brother and I had had to pose for this uh, portrait painter as well as uh, while he was painting my mother's portrait, and we really Uh, Loathed and despised every minute of it, but um, so we weren't uh, We were very excited about going back to the White House and seeing the official portraits um, uh, Much more than we were about any other part of the portrait uh, painting experience, but um, Mrs. Nixon went uh, out of her way because she knew that my mother was reluctant to come back to the White House. It was really something that brought back so many memories for her, uh, so many painful ones, as well as happy ones. And so she had, my mother had decided that she wasn't going to go back. And um, But she felt an obligation uh, to continue the tradition of viewing the official portraits. And so Mrs. Nixon arranged for it to be a private uh, family visit, and it allowed my mother to go back to the White House with me and John without uh, a lot of attention. And I think that that was really very meaningful to her, and it certainly was to us. Um, President Nixon sent a plane for us, and I remember we were so excited to get on the plane, and everybody was so nice, and um, they had the special uh, food that we remembered and the special matches with the White House insignia on it, so we were all excited. And when we got there, um, the President and Mrs. Nixon and Julie and Tricia took us all around and showed us the White House, and uh, their dogs were there, and, that was very exciting for us. And John's letter talks about um, when he got home, our dog was sniffing him and sniffing their dogs, and maybe the, our dogs remembered the White House. So it was really a nice family um, get-together. And I think everybody, obviously, I could tell that all the adults were a little apprehensive about the whole thing. But um, but it was a really lovely dinner, And um, and John spilled his milk all over the table which put everyone at ease and uh and then um i think it allowed my mother to share a lot of her memories with us and i think she really appreciated mrs nixon's thoughtfulness and the sense that there are uh, family values and a dedication to politics and patriotism that go beyond uh, any disagreement on issues or party and so i think uh, one of the things you learn having lived in the white house is that there really are these common experiences and what we share is so much larger than what we what divides us.
2: Hi, I'm Corey Nathan, and I host the "Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other podcast. You can find us at politicsandreligion.us, that's politicsandreligion.us. We are your home for edifying, provocative, and fun discussions among high-profile public figures and regular folks like me. We talk about faith and politics and all kinds of topics that really matter in our culture. So if you're tired of screamers and extremists dominating the conversation and you want to join us and taking some of that space back, if you want to better understand different points of view, if you appreciate some nuance and just having a little fun, you'll love talking politics and religion without killing each other. And remember, we're real easy to find. It's politicsandreligion.us. Hope to see you soon. We'd love to have you join the conversation on talking politics and religion without killing each other.